Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from the Saturday Morning Cartoons Podcast. We cannot start this episode. We can absolutely not start this episode without thanking the following people who went to our Patreon.com and support the show. So thank you. Bill Dixon. Jonathan Renteria Elie. Jack Connolly. Alice Kazanis. Derek Haynes. Melanie Harker. Dr. Jason Woods. Allison Keen. Battle Mat Fitness. Westbourne East Bread. John Richard Helter II. Dave Trumbor III. Damn it, again. And the one and only Sean Paul Ellis. Hey, listeners out there, if you want to get on this list of super cool people, we'd love it if you'd head on over to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U to see how you can support the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Appropriating more Asian culture than Wes Anderson, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, some people don't like him, but I think he's all might. It's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, bud? Oh my god, not only was that a reference, but that was also a pun as well. David, mm. David, David, I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm on fire tonight. I'm feeling quirky. I'm feeling ready to go. Woo! Quirky. You ever feel god, quirky? We both... Did we both woo at the same time? We may have. I mean, nice. we'll sync it up in the post, but yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Woo, that's that DuckTales <laughs> residuals <laughs> coming in. DuckTales champion. Disney March uh, Madness. How about yeah. that? How do you feel about that? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it, yeah. but guess what? We're mm. no longer in March anymore. That's right. Yeah. I'm from the future present. We're in the we're in that weird uh gray area where it's it's not quite April, so it's just smarch. Lousy smarch. Lousy smarch. Uh no, but we are in April. And Dave, what does April mean for us? Um spring flowers, chickadees, <laughs> peeps. Definitely peeps in a microwave. Yeah. Mm, I can't think of anything else. That's it. Hmm. Could it could it? There could be two very special things that we could be celebrating on the podcast this month. Oh, really? Well, one is it's another theme month that we're rolling into. <laughs> I can like feel your disappointment through the video. Uh, one is, yeah. Uh, How about two that? is a two is months, a milestone. But I love theme months, right? <laughs> yeah, you know I love great. theme months because I inflict them upon you every chance I get. Oh man, and guess what? I love alliteration, mm. and so we managed to really knock this out of the park with anime April. How about that? Pow pow pow. Uh, we're, we're changing things up a little bit this time around, though. It's going to be way more contemporary anime, so it's probably not stuff that you missed unless you missed, you know, the last mm, four years of anime and, like, <laughs> massive titles. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to revisit some other stuff. But, hey, what's another milestone you're talking about? Uh, the other milestone is that, guys, we're celebrating our 200th episode That's crazy. next week. How about 200. that? 200. That is crazy. And if you are listening and you're thinking to yourself, I wonder how we could get involved, uh, and for some reason, you don't follow us on any social media, which <laughs> but, is totally... But you listen to this show. But you listen to this show, which is totally fine. Sure. If you're doing that, you're probably actually living your best life yeah, right now life with you. no social media whatsoever. But if you are thinking about contributing, guess what? You, the listener, you actually can call in and leave us a message to tell us why you love the show that we're going to talk about so much. But what is that show? We're going to tell you right now. It's Animaniacs. How about that? 200th episode, and we are getting into Animaniacs, not only because we love it, mm. but also Hulu loves it, and they're bringing it back on to Hulu later this year. Yeah, not so. only what the, the original is coming back, but I think they're right. also making new episodes. They are. Exclusively on Hulu. That's pretty Correct. Cool. Now, so you can't it, get your voices on that show, but you can get your voices on this show. So Sean's going to provide the uh, call-in info for you, and we're also going to have that in the show notes afterwards. Sure thing. And we'll, we will post this on social media. So if you need to go and just like, I don't remember what the number is, it's always going to be there for you. So if you want to call and tell us and leave us a message why you love Animaniacs so much, you can call 202 6 Eight one four four zero six, and you can leave us a message. It's that simple. Just tell us who you are, where you're from, and why you love Animaniacs so much. We'll give you a hint. Keep it around like 30, 45 seconds so we can include the entire message in the show. But that's it, guys. 
you can get involved in this. This is the first time we've ever done something like this. So we're looking towards you. Yes, you, people who have been listening to contribute to the show because guess what? We're not going to watch all of Animaniacs between <laughs> between now and the time we record that episode because that would be insane. So call right now. Supplies are limited. Get them uh-huh. before they're gone. Oh, uh, that number again was 202-681-4406. What, what else are they used to say? Uh, no, no cash on delivery. Oper- no CODs. Operators are standing by. No COD. Shipping and handling may apply. (laughs) Perfect. Hey, guess Uh, what? Just because we love you guys, free shipping and handling on your audio recording uh, streamed over the internet. We probably should say international rates do apply. Oh, yeah. 100%. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, friends. Uh, Our buddy in Russia. Perfect. Hey, but uh, before we get to 200, we got to get through 199 first. Yeah, we got to do this. What are we talking about this week, Dave? Oh, uh, we're talking about a, a title that I always screw up, <laughs> even though it's an English word. My hero, academia. Uh, I always say yeah. academia, and I'm trying real hard not to use that made-up word tonight. Really? Well, I don't know why I say academia. I guess it just like has a better better rhythm or something to it. I mean, kind of in the context of the actual title of the show, but just you know, in terms of how words are used. Yeah, and in terms of how like words are pronounced. Yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. I think the macadamia screws me up. Yeah, the, the macadamia. I made up another word. <laughs> is, is it macadamia? Uh, or no, are you doing an Animaniacs word? I'm so No, lost. no, there was a, there was a Simpsons re- uh, reference in there because uh, Alex Kazanis yes. had a friend of the show and guest uh, when we talked about One Piece, Alex Kazanis had made a, a Twitter post about it. It's called My Hero Macadamia, which is a a reference to something that Homer said in a Simpsons episode, and it's uh, it's kind of carried with me, so guaranteed I'm going to slip and say that accidentally at some point tonight, or I'm just going to go MHA. That's probably for the best. I'll just say my hero. Right. <laughs> but Sean's but, my hero, and he's going to walk us through the history of this show if you're not familiar with it. Let's do it. My hero, Academia, nice. <laughs> or which it's originally titled uh, Boku no Hero Academia, is a comedy-adventure manga series written and illustrated by Kohei Horikoshi, appearing in Weekly Shonen Jump, and it's been there since July of 2014. The manga was adapted into an anime television series by Studio Bones, originally airing in Japan from April to June of 2016, followed by a second season from April to September of 2017. Season 3 of MHA will arrive Saturday, April 7th guys that's like real close that's probably from the time that this comes out it's like less than a week five days yeah yeah so get ready and buckle up uh because this is going to be something you're going to want to watch the first six episodes of mha will simultaneously stream on the same day and date as the japanese tv broadcast in simuldub trademarked yeah trademarked (laughs) definitely glad (laughs) i included that Yep, on Funimation, and it's subtitled simulcast on Hulu as well as also Crunchyroll, or you can check it out on Verve. Yep. Uh, All 25 episodes of MHA Season 3 will also stream in simuldub on Funimation now, and with also a subtitled simulcast trademark in Hulu and Crunchyroll and Verve for you guys to stream. As well as also, guess what? There's a movie which is titled My Hero Academia, the movie, (laughs) dash the two heroes, uh, with the tagline, who is your hero, which will be released this year, August 3rd. So you've got not only season three, but mm. then before season four, you've got a movie to look forward to, which is exciting. How about that? Yeah. Hey, people who just sat through the history and still have no clue what the fuck we're talking about, here's a synopsis <laughs> from My Hero Academia. Uh, on an Earth-like world, I don't know why this isn't just Earth, where people with superpowers known as quirks are the norm, Izuku Midoriya, is a regular middle school student who has dreams of one day becoming a hero despite being bullied by his classmates for not having a quirk. After being the only one to try and save his childhood bully Katsuki from a villain, the world's greatest hero, All Might, bestows upon him his own quirk known as One for All. The story follows Izuku's entrance into UA High School, a school that cultivates the next generation of superheroes. So there you go. It's essentially Japanese anime superhero high school. Yep. That's, 100%. that's pretty much it. My Hero Academia kind of sums it up that way. So I, I want to venture to say, Dave, this is interesting because you and I have watched this show. Oh, yeah. And we've also watched it to completion right now. We're oh, in anticipation of season three. <laughs> mm. that's, a, 
weird emphasis to put on that specific word. Mm-hmm. But my quirk. I'll, allow, I'll allow it. That's my quirk. <laughs> is it, wait, hold on. Is that your quirk for my tonight? Quirk is, is putting weird? the wrong emphasis on parts of the word. <laughs> yes. The old dad joke, the emphasis oh. on the wrong syllable. Ugh, this is going to get real cringy. Dad jokes. <laughs> That's my cringe quirk. How did you know it's a cringe quirk? Oh, God. Cringe. If that, if that is just the name of your, your superhero, it's just cringe. Yeah. I just walk around like I look like a normal guy. I just walk around saying things that make people like real uncomfortable. (laughs) So I don't know if I'm a hero or a villain yet. It depends on the depends on the context. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hey, speaking of context, we should give you a little bit more for this show. Uh, This is not just some like random anime we're pulling out of our hats. This just kind of like swept through the recent Crunchyroll Anime Awards, pretty much bringing home like every major title. There are a couple of upsets here and there, but uh, for the most part, this is like beloved fan favorite, award-winning, very successful, something that's probably going to be around for years and years and years to come. But it's relatively new, so you still have time to get caught up on it even before season three arrives and before the movie arrives later this year. Right. And this is also fun because Dave and I are caught up on this, yeah. and we have watched every episode up to this point. So we've got a lot to talk about tonight, yeah. but we're not going to get down into the weeds about everything right. uh, because whew, that would take us probably a month to really dig into to everything that that's was a there. whole nother podcast yeah that's a whole Which guys sure we are, cl- we are shutting this down and we are starting an mha only podcast we could if i guys. could only say the title and the <laughs> protagonist's name it would be great i well you know I, i'll say this yeah. the bonus is, is that all of these main protagonists and all of these supporting characters that we have tonight they all have superhero names and so we will probably use the superhero names because they have been anglicized a little bit and they are slightly easier for us to digest and say and we actually and mainly and mainly we don't really want to i mean these these are somebody else's creations and they did a great job with them and to say some of the actual japanese names and have us butcher them is not gonna yeah nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to hear that i'm probably just gonna refer to them by whatever description comes to mind because honestly I have a tough time keeping the name straight, and it's not because they're in Japanese. It's because they're not easily digestible, like Sean said, for the most part. Like, with Izuku, they at least... His nickname is Deku. That's easy. I can, I can keep track of that. The main, like, adult heroes named All Might. Pretty easy to do that. Like, that's fine. Beyond that, I'm a complete mess. <laughs> I have a real tough time with these. Now, luckily, the first time we're introduced to any of these heroes or villains is in the very first theme song. They do a roll call, my friend. Yeah. Are you excited about that? No, I am. I, I, I'm, I am excited because it's nice to have kind of that that rolling, uh, you know, call out of all the different names. You know, we we've talked about this uh, so many times. Is that and this this show is not exclusive. There is a enormous cast. Oh yeah, it's huge to have to get through and to to kind of have some of these people like quickly kind of called out so that you can identify who they are. Really, really. Very, very super helpful. The only problem is it's less of a roll call and more of just like a flash roll call because like yeah. each of them is is like glimpsed on the screen for like a second. Their name, their full name yeah. is like behind them. So you get like just like flashes of just like, okay, I don't know what the fuck, like who, what did I just watch? Who are these people? How do you say those names? If you watch it like if like frame by frame, it's great. But if you just watch it as a theme song, it just gives you a flavor, a taste, and just kind of like stamps those initial impressions into your mind so when they show up later they're at least nano recognizable or if you want to be like us you can just pull up a fan page or a wikipedia page that says all of their names because i mean unless you are a super fan of this show i mean there 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 are so many characters and we'll we'll talk about some of them tonight if we don't get to your favorite we apologize that's sean's Uh, quirk that's (laughs) is leaving stuff out leaving out things that people (laughs) love just to spite you so if Sean leaves out, Sean and I leave out a specific hero or villain uh, that you love, it's on purpose, and we chose it because that's Sean's quirk. No, <laughs> I don't really want to. I don't know if I want to commit to this. You don't quirk, want that quirk. quirk. Okay. I don't know if I want this quirk. Sean's but quirk you know is being able to weasel out of whatever quirk I assign him. Yes. All right, I'm, I'm cool with that one. <laughs> okay, good. That works out. It's better than mine. <sighs> my cringe quirk. I also feel like you're just gonna give me all these weird quirks. Yeah. For this entire that show, that was the and point like, of like ah, assuming one first, so I can get it out of the way. Well, it's kind of funny because it really plays into your cringe-worthy yeah. ability and quirk. Cringe, perfect, nice. awesome. What uh, do you think about this first theme song? Because unlike uh, American or even just like Western 
animated series. I love, love, love the fact that uh, anime series tend to have multiple theme songs that reflect where the show is in its arc, right? So you can, if you just drop in on a theme song and you haven't caught up with the show in a while, you'll be like, oh, this is after that first arc or, oh, this is stuff I haven't seen yet. So you, it, it's used as like a timekeeper, right? You can tell where you are in the series of, of a certain episode by watching that theme song. No, I, I, I love... Uh, I love these anime theme songs. We actually, we had a, a fan email come in from uh, William uh, on Twitter at www.sinclairww yeah, yeah. who had actually posed that question about, you know, do you feel that, you know, the, the 80s and 90s theme music that we had, you know, looking at and contrasting it to these anime theme songs, do, do you feel that it's good? And, you know, we, we just spent an entire month with some very noteworthy theme songs from Disney that were aired in the United States. Yeah. And I love those, but I, I really do enjoy the foreshadowing and sort of the the large roll call that sometimes they'll go through with all these specific characters. And so uh, I, I love this for the fact that you get to see within this first arc, uh, they kind of hint at where the main battle is going to be. Right. And, so and the conflicts you, and the, the character interactions. And yeah. And you get a little bit of the emotional state yeah. of uh, of Deku, you know, of kind of just this this pondering this sort of longing to be kind of bigger and better than what he he currently is right now. And, and, you know, he idolizes this hero that we, we see in these, you know, that's featured very prominently being all might in these first two theme songs. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's cool to kind of see what that transition is because by the end of the theme song, he has begun to kind of take on that role right. of being a hero himself. And so you begin to see the, the first part of his hero's journey and all of this is pretty much done with, I'm assuming this is the, the Asian version of All American Rejects uh, <laughs> that kind of puts together this theme song. Remember these, I, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> I don't have the titles or the bands uh, in front of me, but they are like really popular as far as just like it's specifically for these theme songs. Now, how much they're popular in Japan versus how popular they are here, I, I don't know. So we've reached a point with anime series when they're broadcast in America that they don't redo a theme song in English anymore. Like go back to like the original <laughs> Dragon Ball Z theme song, the famous or infamous Rock the Dragon. You don't have that anymore. Uh, you've just got, they play the original Japanese theme song and people here love it. They eat it up. I, I personally love it. I don't know what I'm saying. I try to sing along. It's bad, but I love it. Uh, and, and they yeah. do that for each of these theme songs. Now, sometimes they will Americanize it, but honestly, like, the purists out there just kind of stick with the original theme anyway. Um, it reminds me, uh, William's question and, and something you said about the Disney right. cartoons reminds me of an aside. Uh, it's not just Americans that anglicize or, or, or turn these into an English language. Like these theme songs are translated elsewhere too. So if you go back, if you look for the German rescue rangers, it's an amazing theme <laughs> song because it's essentially the same thing, but they're referred to as chip un chap and it's the cutest thing in the world. Chip un chap. I love it so much. As far as MAJ, though, it, they're great songs. I can't remember them, but as soon as I hear them, it's just like, it's a good warm-up to get you into the show itself. Yeah. It's, a, it's very energizing. It's very fun. Uh, you know, it, 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 it rocks. Like, it, it's, I, and again, I have no idea what's being said or nope. what the actual translation is either. Mm -hmm. I'm just enjoying the ride. Uh, and it's, it's, one of the few, it's one of the few anime theme songs recently that I have not been skipping, that I've actually just been letting oh, yeah. play. Because uh, I, I have that tendency where, you know, to I, I've watched now close to the completion of Naruto uh, yeah. Shippuden. And I am every time the theme song comes on uh, and I, I've seen the same theme song over and over again, I'm scrubbing uh, on, oh, on really? my, my iPad just to get that minute and a half, that 90 <laughs> seconds yeah. down the line to be like, just all right, the, let's start the action. Let's let's keep the this Netflix going. model of skipping the intro. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I can't do that because for some reason I'm watching it on Verve and they don't have that ability to be able to just skip the theme song. So right. I uh, I'm doing it with my finger every time. But with this, I'll just let it play. Yeah. I enjoy this. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I like all American rejects. It may be, or maybe it's just because we don't know what they're saying, so we're trying to like just play along. But, right. Uh, at the same time, like I always, these are like the theme songs and intros that I will actually go back to after having watched an arc. Same with Naruto. Go back to it because you will find things that make more sense. Right. Like you'll see two characters squaring off and kind of like passing in the night and then standing like back to back to each other, and you're just like, I kind of got a hint of that the first time I watched it, but now I hundred percent understand what that's about, and it's really cool to watch that in hindsight. So I don't, I don't know how long we've spent just talking about the theme songs, but the fact that they're so much better on pretty much every level 
than a lot of even modern American animated series. It's just like, this is one of my favorite things about watching anime is intro sequences. I agree. It really is. Uh, I want to say for the second theme song really quick. Uh, it's cool that it starts out as basically a yoga or a calisthenics class. Yeah, oh my God, for the first 45 <laughs> seconds, people just stretching. Everyone's just stretching and warming up. But you, you see a little bit of a character progression because yes. Deku seems a little bit more confident. He's still longing, but he's, he's getting there. Like he's, but he's so, are, so are all the classmates around him, right? Because right. they're all in the process of becoming heroes. So the first arc is kind of Deku gaining his powers from not having anything learning to become a hero and just starting to get kind of that those incredible powers under some sort of control and he's kind of accepted as at least a candidate to be in the same group with everybody else so that's like a big win for him but then the second arc introduces a shit ton more characters as if we didn't have enough already and kind of pits them all against each other but (laughs) in in the theme song you get to see kind of like their uniform so now they're all part of one group as far as all these kids together which i thought was pretty cool right but yeah the calisthenics (laughs) I don't know why for yeah. for forty five seconds we're just watching people warm up. The funniest one is probably uh, Le- uh, Tenya Lida or Engine Ingenium with his like his engine powered calves because it's, it's just like the things like just like focuses on the back of his calves that have yeah. like six hot rod pipes coming. It's out a little of bit it. of a body horror if you're not like, familiar oh, with yeah, it. it really is. There's a lot of things in this, and we'll talk about the characters here in a second. But there's a lot of. I kind of want to know your opinions on the design of some of these characters versus okay. others. Some I think are absolute winners, and some are just like, what are you doing? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Anything else from the theme songs? Uh, I'll just say the third one I thought was was kind of cool, uh, yeah. just because you, you see some foreshadowing with yeah. somebody with a, 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 a somebody who comes into conflict with all these heroes called Stain. Yeah. And so you, you see a lot of stuff with him, which is nice because... Now, having gone back after having watched everything and seeing the theme song again, I'm just like, oh, like like yeah, we've said, y- you find and you discover little tidbits that you know you weren't you weren't aware of before, and it's right. fun too because this theme song has a female vocalist in it too, and it's very emo, almost to the point of like Straylight Run if that <laughs> yeah. registers or yeah, resonates yeah. with anybody. Yeah, it's fun though. I love. I actually think that I like the music in the third theme song. Okay more than I like some of the other ones. Yeah, so. and all of them have like hero shots of All Might, which is great. I mean, yeah. the, all the kids are featured, but he's he gets the ones where he's just like standing on a rooftop with the sun setting in the background and the wind is like blowing his cape out behind him. Like that's or, a standard hero shot. Or it's like action poses where he's like jumping across a city and you just yeah. see him like in just, like a like a crouched kind of like lunge hot. position as he's just like zooming across the skyline, which yep. is great. It's just fun and great. Oh man. So you want to get into some of this animation style? Uh, yeah, let's talk about that because this is where I kind of want to know what your thoughts are on, on I don't know, I guess some of the character design because the backgrounds and stuff, they're fine. Like the, the city, their cityscapes, their classrooms, it's pretty standard stuff. I mean, there's right. nothing that really stands out about that. It's, it's really all focused on the characters, their abilities, and how they interact with each other. Well, I, I will say the the one addition is that when they're actually at school, yeah. they have a lot of these training facility or training areas where they're building these skills. They're they're learning teamwork and, and some of these these more kind of basic concepts in terms of what it means to be a hero. Right. And those those places, those areas and facilities where they have giant robots or, you know, they they have kind of like this dome that's in like the the second arc that they have that right. there's a, a big battle and conflict within is or like, is like mazes and yeah yeah it is really cool to see so it's, it's it's fun to see that level of detail and sort of craziness that they they cram into their university setting right the additional part in terms of just animation style is i mean this this feels like very modern solid oh, yeah. animation style that that i think a lot of people will be comfortable and familiar with I'll say that I kind of drew a parallel to, again, to One Piece. And the reason that I'm drawing that One Piece parallel is because of characters and colors. And in the same fashion where where One Piece has all of these really distinct characters. In fact, when when Alex Kazanis was on that episode with us, you know, he's talking about the fact that everybody in town has like their own name. Like they all have a a backstory and a deal and and something i feel like every single character that is in this show is there for a reason like they all have a history they all have some ambition or 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 deal that they have to you know that they're they're working through and so to see all of that is really interesting and then i think the costume design for the animation for this 
which Dave, I knew you were mentioning before. Like, there's yeah. some characters that you're just like, okay, you know. At the same time, though, I really love how kind of bizarre and crazy some of these characters get. Absolutely. And I'm drawing the parallel again to One Piece in terms of color because there are a lot of really like bright primary colors for people, even who you know are kind of acting like a little bit of a badass in some cases. We we have a uh, uh, Kachan who has a, a quirk which is explosion and and despite the fact that like he has literally grenades on his hand like eventually gr- yeah yeah as a part of his costume like they're they're like they're very green and then there are all these like fun really bright red accents and so you know and and and, and the reason that I, I think that they did this is because you know you you learn very quickly that that Deku you know kind of idolizes all might and so these these characters and these costumes that are created and built for them are meant to have that mass public appeal right. so that as people are are watching their heroic efforts as they're watching them save a city and and rescue a, you know somebody in distress like this is meant to to kind of help not helps only sell like out. yeah it helps you stand out but it's also because like you see you see Deku has all of this merchandise for All Might like they're yeah. they're also these are also cash grabs too like it, it's funny to kind of see how all of that plays in in terms of you know the the role and the process that they're going through because you know when you meet Deku and you kind of see his costume for the first time you're just like well okay okay he's kind of like a kick-ass ripoff sort of <laughs> yeah I mean it look it's he, just like it, a like, jumpsuit yeah he he's got and I think kick-ass is the perfect example for this he's he looks like the guy from kick-ass mm-hmm. but then kind of with like a bunny mask yeah sort of on front which it doesn't really strike fear into the hearts of maybe villains, but Not it's great for but, marketing. But I think it's an interesting choice that they make because at some point, you know, we have these characters who are good, but they have a real badass side to them. Yeah, but they also some of them have really tough times uh, breaking into that marketing or dealing with the fame or dealing with the constant kind of you know right. press conferences they have to have or or spinning. Uh, you know, dealing with spin after the fact. This is where I kind of compare the story to something like One Punch Man. Okay. Right? So One Punch Man takes the angle of there's a governing body that ranks and sort of controls, in quotes, all the heroes. So you have to register, you have to test, and you have to place so that the hero, the the regulating body can kind of rank you as a hero. It's less about the the school aspect of it and more about kind of like a governmental control of it and regulation. <laughs> Of course, that's just a completely off the wall in One Punch Man because for reasons that would make sense if you watch One Punch Man. Yeah. <laughs> in this, it's just sort of like the school has stepped in and it's one of the weirdest schools. Like if this was a real thing, it'd be a really strange school. It's almost like the how <laughs> Disney takes young talent and then just kind of puts them through the machine, right? So they're like, they're young kids. They're cranking out albums. They're appearing in live-action Disney shows. They're appearing in movies. And then as they get older, they invariably, most of them, just turn into complete train wrecks because they've been through this marketing, entertainment, publicity machine. you got to be on all the time. you got to be in front of cameras all the time. you got to say the right things on social media. you got to look the right way. You've got to give the right message. It's just like, I'm waiting for these kids to start the fracture in, in My Hero. Uh, sure. Yeah, because... It's not enough that they have to control and, and hone their powers. They have to keep a level head. They have to maintain what it means to be a hero. They have to actually be a hero, so go out there and do the hero thing. And they have to then maintain kind of their publicity, their personality, and their Yeah, fame. that persona that they've it's been crazy. projecting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane. And I think that by the end of season two, you kind of begin to see some of that fracture. Just start to get that, yeah. And so I, I'm, I'm kind of curious... For season three, how much more that is going to to fracture for certain students? What's interesting with that, and I know I'm like not even talking about animation style anymore, but it's like part of that comes in. Part of the animation style is sort of tongue in cheek, right? So they'll they'll make a costume. There's two girls, and I apologize that I can't remember their powers or their names right now. But essentially, when they get paired up with their mentor hero, she's she's bigger than life. Literally, she turns into like a giant woman in like a skin tight suit so she's always on the covers of magazines and people are always kind of lusting after her and she's always the the topic of conversation on like late night talk shows and things like that so she's not like the top ranked hero for doing heroic stuff but she's always in the public spotlight and she takes two of the younger students kind of under her wing and she's kind of like 
well, you know, you gotta, you gotta sell it. You gotta use a little sex appeal. You gotta put a little flair into your heroics and like, you're both powerful, but you have to learn how to use the media, how to spin things in your direction for positive gains and also to stay in the spotlight. Like you can't just shrink back and stay in the shadows. Otherwise, what's the point of any of this? So it's, it's an interesting kind of subplot that they have in there for some of that. Couple that in with uh, father issues, family issues. There's heroes out there that they got their quirks inherited from one or both parents and maybe they don't like one of those parents. So they only really <laughs> use one quirk and they make a choice not to use the other one unless they absolutely have to because they don't want to give any ground or be in the, you know, follow in the footsteps of another successful hero figure. So there's a lot going on kind of aside from the regular heroes versus villains plot in this. Right. And that does tie into animation style because it, it kind of, you see it in some of their, either the character design, sometimes they'll reflect the physical attributes of, of their parents or their idols or, or other heroes or maybe villains. And you'll see it in their costumes too. So sometimes the costumes reflect whoever they're trying to emulate. I mean, even for like, uh, for Katsuki, who is uh, Kachan, the guy who with yeah. the grenades on his hands, there are moments where like, there are like single still frames where like you can see that he's like really angry. He's so angry. Like that like he's he's so angry and like they'll flash to that and everybody else is kind of like reacting. Yeah. Kind of walking away from him, but he's, it, it's he's a PR nightmare. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. But his, you know, his but there's, there's, costume is the one that bugs me the most probably. Oh, uh, really? I hate I, that giant bulgy grenade design. It just bugs me. <laughs> It's it's kind of it's kind of weird. It bugs but... me as much as the character design of the dude that just has like flesh wings. That, that's <laughs> I can't. I just can't with that. Or yeah, the dude that just has like cellophane tape coming out of his elbows. Yeah, his, his name because I remember his name. His code name in this is it's a it's a, a Hanta Cero, and he's a cellophane. cellophane. <laughs> he just shoots tape out just of his tape elbows. Out of his elbows. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, I, I like it for as wacky as it is, and how how kind of tongue in cheek it is for the design. Um, Actually, one of my favorites is Invisible Girl because that's a hilarious thing to do in an animated series where all you have to do <laughs> is animate the clothes and, you know, like sometimes the gloves. And she could literally be in every frame and you might not know it. I just love that. I love how much they play with, with uh, her character. Right. Yeah. Man. Well, we've talked a little bit about some of these characters. Yeah. So we, let's, let's, get, let's dig a little bit deeper into them. So Yeah, we're kind of tied in here with the design style. It's hard to talk about that versus... The characters without talking right. about characters. They're so. they're so tightly coupled. Yeah. Well, we've talked about Deku. Anything yeah. else that you can think about Deku? Oh my god. I mean his his whole story, I guess we'll talk in the plot a little bit more, but as far as um he's kind of the prototype underdog. Starts from the bottom, nothing but heart. Started and from will. the bottom, now we're here. Yep. Nothing but heart and will, right? He he's that classic hero where he's just like he's an everyman. He's less than an everyman because he's got nothing going for him, <laughs> but just through like sheer determination, uh, can make it and achieve his dreams. And it's like a, it's a classic iconic hero. Which as I'm starting to get older and more cynical, uh, I'm starting to hate more because mm. I feel like that made me hopeful and optimistic as a youth, and I'm mad about it. But uh, it is still like a great classic kind of iconic hero where it doesn't matter if he gets like liquefied or has like all his bones broken. Uh, either by a villain or by his own accord, he will eventually come back from it stronger than before. And I, through, I really, through no quirk of his own, like that's just his thing. Yeah. Aha! Through no quirk of his own. Aha! Aha! I actually think that humility is mm. the thing that makes Midoriya probably, a, 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 not probably, absolutely makes him an interesting character to watch yeah. because, you know, he's he's been in this world where his sole desire has been to have a quirk, to have something of his own. And when everybody else is in that kind of like very early, yeah. uh, like puberty stage and they're, they're developing these quirks, he does not have anything. Right. And he, he has finally gotten to the point where he accepts it. And then sort of, we, we begin to, to see how he is willing to self-sacrifice for other people and what the rewards are that come as a result. Yeah. He's essentially like, if you were in a Harry Potter universe, uh, if you grew up idolizing famous witches and wizards, if you had magic in your family and then you were, what do they call them now? I can't, they call them nomads in fantastic beasts, which I hate. Oh, uh, muggles. No, not just humans. So people who were born into magic families, but don't have magic themselves. I want to say scrub, but that's not right. Um, 
like uh what's his name the caretaker filch is yeah. one of them uh because he's from a magical family if i'm correct god if we have harry potter people listen to this and i get it wrong they're gonna crucify me but essentially born into magic families with no magic it's the same kind of thing you're born into a world where the quirks are like a normal thing like everybody has them even if some of them are pretty useless and that's all this kid wants is to be part of that world and then he's actually granted that but he's granted these incredible powers but using them would literally kill him. That's one of my favorite parts of this <laughs> yeah. story where it's just like, imagine if you were like, okay, you're Superman now, but if you like, if you like hug your brother, probably going to kill him because you don't know how to control it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that level of like, okay, now we really need to like fine tune this and like get you to not kill yourself and not kill people around you because you don't know how to use them. And just so Harry Potter fans don't get pissed off at us, it's called a squib. Squib, not a scrub, squib. but so close. Scrubs was a great TLC song, Dave. Let's just keep this. I thought you were going to say a great TV show, but no. either one. Um, <laughs> another thing I like about Deku, actually, is he's kind of got like a Batman angle to him. Because for the longest time he didn't have any quirks, he just researched and studied and, and followed every hero or villain that he could. And he wrote down everything he could think of. So he, he knew like where All Might, uh, you know, when All Might took down such and such villain, like, he knew roughly their power levels and could, like, he has stats on everybody, is what I'm trying right. to say. He's like that kid, probably like you and me, where you kept the, the power cards, uh, the stat cards of, oh, like, yeah. X-Men heroes and stuff. Like, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how, you know, Professor X's intelligence compares to, like, Wolverine's and stuff like that. Deku's that kid. So he's right. got this knowledge base. So now that he's a hero and he's going up against some of these same people, that's an interesting benefit and, and uh, bonus that he has on his side. And in the second arc of the show, when he's in this kind of tournament combat fighting style, sort yeah. of like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, the second uh, arc is like all tournament. It's is very Dragon Ball-ish, which I, I love. Which was actually, I really, I did enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as, as a result, all of that knowledge and his, his development in terms of his quirk and his skill really comes into play and is, is great to watch. Yeah. And what's interesting about him, well, I mean, there's a lot. There's a whole side story about his power, All Might's power, where right. that power came from. There's a whole kind of like lineage to it, which that's too deep into the weeds. The, but it's right. Really fun but to I, dig into. I'll just yeah. say like the whole connection that he has oh, to yeah. uh, previous people was very Avatar, Last Airbender for me, yeah, exactly. which was awesome. Yeah. I love that. That was cool. So Deku in the books. Great. Deku done. Anybody else specifically? I mean, we, we have a bunch of... We've talked about Kachan, and we've talked about sure. how you don't like his character. And no, no, no. I like his character. His I don't char- like his, you don't like his, his costume. costume. His costume just guy. giant grenades and, like, angry war paint on his face. <laughs> it's just, like, it's too much. It's too much uh, for me. But any, anything else about him as a, as a character? or Because we, we've got, we've got such a, a large, you yeah. know, group, and, and we get a lot of exposure to, to some of these characters. Honestly, for me, for Katsuki... He's interesting because he's the initial antagonist for Deku. Like, this show does a really good job of leveling up the antagonists as you go. Sometimes they hit them broadside with, like, something that's way beyond their limits and abilities. But I like that they're on the same level. It's kind of like it's a bully and the kid that he picks on. But then the kid that he picks on has powers. But the kid who, you know, the bully already had powers to begin with. So they kind of go head to head a little bit. But their friendship, this is what's great about Naruto and, and Sasuke. Their friendship as conflicted as it is, as contentious as it is, eventually proves out at the end of the day. It's not always pretty. It's ugly most of the time. But that's what really makes that partnership work well. What about you? No, I, I, it was really rewarding to be able to yeah. watch that conflict between the two and just sort of the, the jealous nature of Kachan yeah. to, to sort of see him begin to have to process and internalize that maybe he's not the best. Yeah. You know, maybe he oh, is... Oh, neither of them are, though, which is the yeah. funny thing. Like, there's other kids in this class that are, like, above them on different reasons, but it focuses on these two. Right. So, uh, I can't think of anything else about uh, Kachan. We, I mean, we've got such a large cast. Is there, was there anybody, uh, any other main character that really stood out to you? I mean, you gotta love All Might. You just... Yeah. There's a reveal. I don't know if I want to talk about it or not, but there's a reveal, in case people haven't seen it. But there's a reveal that shows kind of a weakness that All Might has that might not be apparent, it shouldn't be apparent from the beginning, that his quirk is not exactly what it appears to be. Right. So there's something interesting going on with him that really adds extra layers to his character. It's a creepy kind of looking design, especially the first time you see it. Uh, 
but it's really interesting. That's yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very pointy in terms yeah. of the the angles for not yeah. only like his hair, but his face and his Everything. eyebrows. He has very like very small kind of beady eyes, yeah. but he's built he, of triangles. <laughs> just real, just real like PlayStation One polygons, just oh. rendered into place. But I have to say, of all the powers that he had, that they have. And here's the thing, like, if you, again, were Superman, Superman doesn't have any catchphrases. He just goes in and smashes shit up if he wants to. Imagine, though, that you're under the spotlight all the time and you have to, like, stay atop the heap as, you know, number one. You've got to have catchphrases. You've got to have names for your moves. It's like a Mortal Kombat game. (laughs) I absolutely loved the first time I heard him say, Detroit to smash! Detroit smash is, is uh, is his infamous punch that he has which don't know why it's detroit smash but there's there's uh i think there's like a texas smash it's all american <laughs> it's all american. cities or or states the the big one is united states of smash right and when he did that one that <laughs> absolutely floored me it's like <laughs> a combination of the most hilarious and ridiculous thing you've ever heard but also like super cool to watch it actually happen on screen yeah. too it was, it's just it's so much fun he knows how to work the cameras any any other main characters that you can think? You know, main characters. Everybody's got some some cool stuff. Uh, Lita is really interesting to watch because he's struggling with being a, a younger brother to a very popular hero. Um, he struggles with some pretty dark stuff later on, and he's an interesting to watch. Interesting one to watch as far as his character arc goes. Uh, everybody has their own little mini arcs. Yeah. His is probably the one that kind of stood out to me as far as the, the supporting heroes. Yeah. Right. How about you? I mean, I actually really loved uh, Todoroki, okay, who yeah, has yeah. the quirk of fire and ice. Yeah. And his his father is the second highest ranked hero called Endeavor, which <laughs> just <laughs> Endeavor. And it he just really looks like uh like a fireball put inside of like a like a fancy jumpsuit. Yeah. And it's it's <laughs> like it's we were really... talking earlier, he looks like if you put a tux on a volcano. That <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's exactly. Essentially just that. And that volcano was always constantly erupting. Yes. And, and it, it's a great design to see for his dad, but then Todoroki's backstory that he actually has two quirks, fire and ice, right. and it's not a George R.R. R. Martin reference. It's not, it's just, it's not it's, a Ralph Bakshi reference either. Exactly. And so it's, it's, wow, we got a lot of fire and ice going. That's right. So it's cool to see. It's that, also you know, not a not a Trojan condoms reference for those oh, of you that's, out there who rocked wow. those back in the day. Man, this is getting real after dark. So we, we have this fire and ice quirk, and that's the first time that we really learn that there are people who can potentially have two quirks at the same time. Right. And, you know, you realize that his father, obviously, is this erupting volcano, and his mother had the power of ice, and so their union allowed him to have and possess both. Uh, and there's an increasingly interesting backstory about him not using the fire portion of his body because right. he doesn't want to pay tribute. He doesn't want to, again, be in the shadows of his dad. Right. And so it's... There's there's a, a really fun storyline that they have that goes through that just is kind of him understanding and possibly accepting the fact that he can use both of these complementary powers at once. And so I thought to me that was probably one of my favorite kind of uh, supporting character uh, B plots that we had that was was through these uh, these first two seasons. Definitely. And like we mentioned earlier, if we didn't mention your favorite, it's definitely a slight on you. And yes, we are choosing you specifically to leave them out. Great. Now so, there's just there's just well, so many characters. But, but with that in mind, yeah. really very quickly, who was a another character that you did not like? <laughs> another one I didn't like. Yeah, who was somebody that was in there that you were just like, oof, they better they I, better have some they better have a real interesting thing going on. And and everybody eventually does have an interesting thing going on. Um, I I really like one of the teachers. His name is Best Genist. <laughs> amazing. Like the design on this character and the idea behind it is absolutely amazing. You need to look it up because I can't do it justice. But just yeah. imagine somebody draped literally like nose to toes in denim. Uh, <laughs> best genus is amazing. And there's some really good pod, or, uh, cosplays out there too. I almost said podcasts. Some podcasts. really good cosplays out there for best genus. As far as the ones I can't stand, it's probably Yuga uh, Aoyama, whose hero name is I Cannot Stop Twinkling. <laughs> I, can't. I can't. Like it's one of those things there's always a character in anime that's just like so over the top and so ridiculous. I think it's one of the reasons I can't get into like Jojo's bizarre adventure or some of the stuff oh. that's on now, like black Clover. There's just so sometimes there's characters who are so irritating that I don't find them funny and they actually drive me away from the stuff. Okay. 
I cannot stop twinkling is probably one of those characters. They're funny, but I can only take them in small doses. How about Interesting. you? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know that there's anybody that I, I hate necessarily, but I think yeah. uh, the character that took the longest for me to warm up to was definitely uh, what was it? Uh, Minetha, who is grape is juice. That? He's I the, don't even remember what. Oh, he, the little, he's the kid. The he's the, perv. He, the little perv. Yeah, and, and and mainly just because you know he's he's trying to be sort of that that fan service stand in where he's yeah. he's really trying to be Looking lewd all the stuff. time and. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like every time a, a woman walks out and stuff like that, just like him having the nosebleed and acknowledging it. And some of it's, again, very traditional anime that you would kind of expect some of this stuff. But then, you know, it, it takes him a little while to get to the point where he can start using these like super adhesive sticky balls that he creates and produces. Right. And, and some of it's real weird. It's like it, and him kind of discovering it is, is bizarre. But it, it's, I mean, it's he gets fun. cool moments, though. He gets some cool moments, and but at the same time. Does, yeah. You know, it's it was like this real unnecessary perviness, you know. But I again, like you know, they're rounding out this class and they're giving everybody a deal, and so there, chances are, of course, yes, there's going to be a pervert at some time, and he he fits that bill. He fits that bill. What I do like about it is, even if you don't really like the characters, everybody gets a moment to be heroic, right. even if it's for just like a part of a scene or part of a sequence, and everybody's powers has a weakness. So everybody has a limitation to their powers. Like there's a, uh, there's a guy named uh, Charge Bolt who he can use, he can absorb and emit electricity, but if he overuses it, his brain kind of shorts out and he just like, but just kind of like goes dumb for a little while. So it's like, they're still kids. They're still learning how to use their stuff, but they can overdo it, which sometimes causes the uh, adults to step in uh, if things get too hairy. I'm transitioning over to plot right now. I, I think for this, since we didn't watch any specific episode for it, Right. In the three arcs that we've seen so far, or, or four arcs, I guess you can say, or, or two seasons, what have been the sequences or major things that have stood out for you? Glad that you asked. I've got a couple in mind, yeah. You, you, broke, you broke this down. I, I, I broke this down for myself okay. into the, the following kind of bullet points, which okay. I, I felt were helpful, was that we, we really have sort of the, the hero's journey with Deku right. and the, the passing of the torch uh, from All Might. Right. We have sort of the uh, the Kachan and Deku friends slash rivals that they right. have between them. Then we have this entire idea of these villains assembling and sort of organizing between themselves because they've all been sort of these uh, separate factions that have been attacking and, and and trying to do stuff, but they're just they're just not organized. Right. They haven't they haven't gotten their shit together. Which is a nice commentary on most villains across time. Yeah. Right. Uh, we have a. Uh, Again, then we have these like day in a life where we have these these kids that are going to school and they're learning things and they're 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 consumed with like their day to day life and how that impacts sort of their their own mental uh, stability as they they learn and kind of come to grips with all these things in 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 the classroom and out in the training sessions. Yeah. Then there's this whole idea that they have of sort of discovering these powers and like slash puberty, you know, where they're really kind of coming into their own. These things are developing. They're still very young kids. Yeah. I keep thinking that they're like maybe f- like 14. It's a younger skewing show than you'd think sometimes, but they, yeah, some of the stuff kind of veers into older territory. So it's really tough right. to kind of pin it down. Yeah. And so they, they, you know, they, and they seem, uh, some of them like Todoroki seems like way mature for his age. Yeah. Uh, but then Deku seems like he's sort of like, you know, on this very young cusp of even being able to get into uh, school. But he's still there trying to keep up with everybody else. So you have this whole discovery of powers and sort of the the puberty that goes along with it. And I say the puberty aspect of it because there's like weird love story that they have kind of between Deku and uh, Uravity, yeah. um, who is a, a female lead character that we have that has the ability to be able to, to touch things and she can change the gravity right. uh, within those objects. Um, and it's it's kind of interesting to see all of these things happen at once because at no point do they just say like we're just going to focus on this one thing it's like these things are layered over top of each other yeah. so usually there's always like two or three different pieces to this plot that are going on at any given time in the show and so it always keeps things really interesting to to watch and what's interesting about that is like just as you're starting to get like a handle on all these different subplots that are going on oh they'll, my god they'll just like out of nowhere it'll just be like oh all these villains just took over a mall <laughs> they're just like <laughs> about to have a giant fight in a mall or like a, a villain will show up that i honestly think the villains have some better designs 
than the heroes because right. the villains kind of they do their own thing but they also want to be like feared and remembered so we've got probably my favorite design in the whole thing is uh and i don't i don't have his name off the top of my head the main one of the main antagonists who you're introduced to him with like a severed hand over his face and then just like appearing at like different parts on his body it's a really weird design to look at but it works so well to just be like here's a creepy villain <laughs> it's amazing and it's a uh, tomura uh shigaraki yeah shigaraki shigaraki so is he's this... sort of like the he's kind of starting to cobble these villains together over time but he's not the main big bad that you find that out later there's someone above him who's kind of pulling the the puppet strings and trying to get all these things together but there's a lot going on on the villain side that's kind of been my only knock against the show so far is that I haven't really seen enough yet as far as I don't know what these villains are trying to do yet so I'm not 100% invested in what they're doing or even in the individuals themselves except for someone like Stain who very clearly was just out to be a hero killer for himself sure yeah I I actually think that that's sort of some of the appeal for this is because in the the same fashion that we have all these heroes assembled organized training right getting ready to to understand the roles and responsibilities that they are going to have as heroes in the world, you have the complete opposite for the villains, but they're in that preliminary stage where they're just, they're trying to figure out how to involve people and right. uh, how to, to kind of work together. And they're realizing that there is strength in numbers and that, you know, they, they can do this in, uh, in Shiga, uh, Shigaraki, you know, just, is this reluctant leader. He does not really want this, this responsibility. He's, he's, not, he's not interested. And he's got a... a, a Kuro, Kuro, uh, Gari, Kurogiri? Yeah, it's like his sort of like, mentor. Yeah. Right, who's sort of like this like shadow figure who, who kind of helps him out that you know, is always dressed like very, very pristinely. Yeah, and uh, he's just like a, like a teleporting dude. Like he can just create warp gates, essentially. Yeah, and, and, and in and out of trouble. Uh, and Shigaraki has this this incredible power that anything that he touches, it can actually disintegrate. Yeah. And so, like, it, he can decompose and just get rid of anything. Whenever he puts all five of his fingers on something, yeah. that's it. Like, you're done. You know. So, so it, it led me to believe, like, or to wonder, like, what is up with his? Is it a costume, or is it like? It got dark for me. Like, I don't know. I still don't know the answer to this. Like, is it just something he put together to be creepy, or was it like characters? heroes who had tried to like defeat him and then he just like took hold of their arm and like everything beyond their arm just disintegrated and he just oh. left the hand there like it's so creepy but it's such a cool look yeah i mean I, I love the i love the design for shigaraki like it just it looks it looks incredible i mean you can tell that he is so mentally pained and oh, tortured yeah. by everything that he has to do and and I, I won't spoil it but the the moment that shigaraki has with deku at the end of the second season where they're in the mall yep, and, and, and sort of him a great scene. reaffirming his, I, I guess essentially like mission yeah, in terms of what he wants to do is unbelievably creepy and disturbing. But it's sort of at the same time, he's like, because heroes, I'm paraphrasing, but like because heroes like Deku and All Might exist, there needs to be villains to rise up to that same level, that same standard. Right. So they're kind of like, yeah, they're reaffirming their own mission to be like the best possible villains that they they possibly be. And the entire time he's doing this and, and like he just his like for some reason his face looks kind of like very dry like guys very looking worn like worn Yeah, guys looking like he needs to really get some chapstick. Yeah, just and take so, that hand off your face. Yeah, just, just kind of just get the, some moisturizer. Or like or put some Blistex on that hand when you put it over just your face, bro. Just smush it around. Just yeah. smush it. And so they 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 have all these moments where like he's sitting there in in a mall in a publicly crowded place and he's just stroking Deku's neck, and yeah. he's like, "The second I put all five of these fingers, you're done." Yeah. He's like, "But don't freak out. Don't do anything. I'm not gonna kill you yet." And you're just like, "Oh my god!" It, it's I mean, a tense it, scene. It's very much like a it, that that becomes like a thriller at that at that scene because it's yeah. like these kids are they've just come out of an ordeal. Everybody survived. Everybody's fine. But then they're like, oh, let's just relax, go to the mall, and get then get some. Let's be normal done. kids. Let's normal be, kids. Let's be kids for yeah. a couple minutes. Yeah, and then this and, shows up. <laughs> and they have everybody out. They have no opportunity, and I think that that's what's fun about the the end of the second season is the realization that 
if they thought that they could be uh, that they could have a lighthearted moment anymore yep. that they thought that they could kind of regress and have like a childlike innocent wandering in a public mall it's like no you you never get that that no. that is not your life anymore and you you and and deku specifically you chose this yeah exactly and that decision is kind of what makes it <laughs> even more yeah psychologically terrorizing is that he he wanted this yeah. like this to him is it was his life that was his goal at the end of the day so he's a great villain. Another great villain they have out there, we already mentioned a couple times, Stain. I'll just mention his quirk because he's, he's kind of a, a one-off. Um, he kind of has his own arc that does his own thing, but then he, he's kind of gone. And we don't right. know really if he's going to be back or not, but his quirk is called Blood Curdle. And essentially, like he has, he has swords, he has blades that he carries. And if he can get a sample of your blood and ingest it, he can paralyze you. So your quirks can't use them. You can't fight. You're paralyzed. So... He, he just wants to, he's just out to kill heroes essentially. So he uses this quirk to kill heroes and yeah, it, it forces our heroes to kind of team up. Uh, it takes out some older heroes. Yeah. Unsuspectingly. So it's, it's pretty interesting. They do a funny kind of thing where like different blood types, the par- the paralysis rate only lasts super, like so long for different blood types. And like Deku kind of gets to figure that out, but that's an interesting quirk. You essentially like just, these are now just like kids. Like you've taken their powers away and essentially they're just kids now. Right. So he's going around killing kids. Yeah, <laughs> killing kids. Yeah. So that's an interesting one too. There's so much going on though that, I mean, we only scratched the surface of it. So any, any particular moments out of these two seasons that we've watched that, that kind of stood out to you, anything that you're just like, if, if you're checking this out, yeah, and you're you're trying to trying to understand do I want to invest the time before season 3 comes out what's like what's like a scene that you need to watch for me it's a it's a montage scene between Deku and All Might <clears throat> fairly early on in in season 1 yeah 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 i know what you're before about. we get into any of the school stuff it's a classic montage scene it jumps a lot of time but it's super fun to just like watch Deku get to like start to learn these abilities and you get a good sense of the relationship between him and All Might, too. Um, I would say that montage scene, probably the final two battles, I can't remember which people went out of the tournament in what order. I'd say, like, the final two battles of the tournament in the, that arc, and then probably the fight against Stain in the alley and the appearance <laughs> of uh, Shigaraki at the mall, like you said. Gotcha. Those gotcha. four things, like, if you, if you find them and, like, are like, eh, not interested after watching those? I don't know what to tell you. But um, yeah, I'd say seek those out if you just want like a taste and definitely want to be spoiled without watching the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think for me, the, the, the sequence that really stood out for me and, and kind of got me involved, like I loved the montage yeah. and I, I loved everything going into this, but there's a one battle scene that they have that goes on for like a couple episodes where all these kids are in a training facility. Yeah that's locked down and it's it's all of 1A students with their preceptor who's a racer head mm-hmm. and they have this moment where as we mentioned this this villain that has this warp gate ability they warp in all of these villains right. to fight against as a way to be able to draw out all might right what's so exciting about this isn't just the fact that now all of a sudden these these young students these these class 1A students have to like you know actually fight and defend for their lives right uh it's not the fact that you have suddenly towards the very end of the battle you have all these other uh faculty members who are coming and so you get to see some of these like really advanced skilled people begin to fight it's that you really have an opportunity to see all might fight against this creation called yeah. nomu it's great to see the fact that you have uh, this quirk, this this one for all used by our All Might hero, and he's really tested and pushed the limit with uh, with this this Nomu or Nobu character who is just pummeling him. And and you find out so much about this mindless kind of berserk villain later on down the road. But it, it's it's great to kind of see this this titular character, something that Deku has revered his entire life and is now becoming have that moment where he doesn't actually know if he is going to be able to to be victorious and so seeing again 
that little bit of faltering or, or possible uh, doubt within that yeah. character is, is always interesting to, to check and see. And it literally made it seem like some of those kids were going to straight up die because yeah. like as cool as it was to see all their powers on display and see them go head to head, like as soon as these guys showed up, it was like it was another couple of levels. It was something way above their pay grade and right. uh, it really put them in peril, which is something you don't expect to see. So yeah, it was cool to see all the, the, the teachers come in at the end, but it was also, also cool to see the kids kind of stand their ground. It was kind of like, it reminded me of Naruto when they were in sort of like the forest training stage before the tournament. If you had had uh, all the villains kind of like bust in on that tournament <laughs> and then just be like, oh shit, things about to go down, that would have been that level. But it took it up to another notch uh, by doing it the way that they did. So that's all to say, I'm super excited for the next season of it. I don't know where they're going to go from here, um, but I know everybody's going to be watching it. So now's well, a great Dave, time to get on board. Dave, before yeah. we get your opinion... And your review on this. Yeah. Hey, let's guess what? Guess what? Uh, do we have to? <laughs> you have people out yeah. there that are listening. Turns out you guys have opinions as Most well. of them are great. And you post them online. And we call through them and we turn it over each and every week to longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem, for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away. Our Love It This Week comes from Monray Bellaley on September 5th. 2017 who rated the show 10 out of 10 and titled the review a must watch it says i never thought i'd like any anime as much as dragon ball and naruto after growing tired of waiting one week for a new dragon ball super episode to be released i decided to go on the hunt for any watchable anime to pass the time Thank God someone in the YouTube comment section recommended My Hero Academia. At first, the storyline seemed out of place and slow, but as you watch more and more episodes, you become aware as to why exactly that was the case. It's about heroes, but not what you'd expect. The last time an anime left me in awe was when Goku first went SSJ. This anime left me in awe throughout. The animation... The character development, the plot, the plot twists, everything. Whether you're a fan of One Punch, Naruto, or Dragon Ball, you have to watch this. Trust me, you want to. And our Hated was given a rating of 1 out of 10 by Moondi on July 30th, 2017 in a post titled, Basically Zero Brain Effort Put Into This. It says, its story can be thought by a six-year-old kid. Story progress so slow and characters are all mentally challenged. I know that it's for kids and always tries to teach some funny stuff, but it still is too obvious. Sometimes I wonder if the author is a kid as well. There is no way many people are behind this cringeworthy crap. If you let your kid watch it, they will become stupider and nerdy too. And amazing, as always. Uh, weirdly enough, Bobby's quirk is being able to read these reviews that people Great put quirk. Every, every week for us. It's phenomenal. He's killing it. He's killing it, Bobby. And he gets powered up from it, too, which I think is pretty great. <laughs> like, like, oh, man. Every time I hear powered up, I just, I'm assuming it's just Super Saiyan. And again, I want an animated version of Bobby Anthem as a Super Saiyan. That's what I want. We're working on it. We're working on it. And Bobby, if you're <laughs> listening, and I know you are, your Pringles are on the way. They are coming from the UK, so I apologize for the delay. <laughs> They're apparently a UK-only version of Pringle, so they should be arriving by the time you maybe hear this episode, hopefully. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you, bud? Do you recommend My Hero Academia? Yeah, I absolutely recommend this. It's There's a, there's a lot of mystery and intrigue that they have not gotten a chance to get into yet, yeah. and they've set things up really well for Season 3. Very excited to to have this come out within five days to to have a chance to watch this. And it's coming out on a Saturday. So guess what? You have no excuse not to watch this on a Saturday and get into the first six or five or six episodes that they're going to simulcast. Absolutely. Yeah. And check them out the previous two seasons before. And then guess what? By the time you're done with season three, the movie's going to be out. So Perfect. there's no excuses. Join the party. Yeah. 100% recommend this too. It's super fun. It's something that I would have been like obsessed with if I was a kid, if I was younger. This yeah. was kind of like my my DBZ uh, 
if it came out during that time, I would have been a hundred percent obsessed with it. And I would have known everybody's name, everybody's quirk, everybody's code name. Uh, I'm just old and I got other shit to do now. So unfortunately I can't <laughs> dedicate that level of obsession to it, but it is that good. So check it out. Hey bud, what's going on with you over the next couple of weeks of anime April? Oh man, guys, as always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that is called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can check it out, Tickets and Times, witdc.org. And I'm always on the TERS and the IGs. Mm. IG whiz. Dave hates when I do this. At Sean Paul Ellis. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. If you want to find out more about this little show right here, we would love it if you'd go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. If you sign up, you'll not only get newsletters that let you know what we're covering each and every month before we actually cover them, but you'll also get to support the podcast each and every week until we get to episode 365 and beyond. And remember, we're celebrating our 200th episode next week, so be sure to get your voice whatever's in for Animaniacs and let us know what you think. You can also find us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Uh, take a look at Sean's handiwork on the IG Wiz, I guess, uh, Instagram page. Instagram. Keep that conversation going on Facebook. <laughs> and listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, if you don't want to call in through voicemail and let us know what's going on, drop us an email, saturdaymorningcartoons at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this first episode of Anime April. we got a lot more shenanigans coming. So thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Plus Ultra. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.